Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson and thank you for joining us on another installment of Quarantine Edition. Today we're speaking with Joshua Wood. Joshua Wood is a vocalist, guitarist, and frontman of the Joshua Wood Orchestra. Hailing from St. Catharines, Ontario, Joshua Wood has been an active member in the Vancouver music scene for the better part of a decade, performing in a number of groups including the folk ensemble Devil in the Wood Shack. His latest project, the Joshua Wood Orchestra, featuring producer Felix Fung and members of Sunday Morning and Wrecked Beach, are set to release their debut EP titled Bad Way on August 14th, 2020. Okay, so... So how are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Um... All things considered. That's cool, man. Yeah, I understand you live over on Gabriola Island. How are things over there? Fucking great. Um, This is probably an ideal place to be during COVID. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's strange because, you know, you still got all the the people uh, going on vacation and, and, you know, coming up from Seattle and, and, uh, you know, Alberta plates driving around. It's not, it's kind of frowned upon on the island, but, uh, you know, as far as anywhere to be, uh, I think this is, this is a good spot. It's nice and remote, you know? So, uh, there's only, I think there's only maybe one or two cases of COVID here on the island so far. Yeah. That's good. And how long have you been living on the island? Uh, I've been here about, I think I moved here like last January. So, uh, about a year and a half now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're from St. Catharines, Ontario originally, though. What yeah, was your up- Yeah, what was your upbringing like and what was your first exposure to music? Mm-hmm. I guess uh well, my upbringing was very um very religious. Uh so I guess my first experience to music was uh off timing out of key horrible boring bland church hymns um they you know some of those songs i don't know who wrote them but it just so boring but um yeah so music wasn't really uh wasn't really a thing in my family um i think i think the way they saw it was it was more of a gateway into into the devil's realm you know so all the fun stuff <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so you know music um even like things like christmas um halloween um you know parties dancing and stuff like that it was very very much not allowed and so yeah it wasn't really a a prominent thing in my upbringing um which you know potentially led to me being fully involved with it and obsessed with it right now um maybe because of the lack of it growing up but uh yeah, I actually remember uh, the my first my first real like dive into exploring it or or, or finding it. I uh, I had this I found this old little AM/FM radio, and uh, I crawled under my bed. I think I 
bunk beds at the time. I forget. But yeah, I crawled into my bed because you know it was kind of a shameful thing around 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 music, or at least that's how I felt. You know, it felt very like something to hide. So uh, yeah, I just started flipping through the radio stations, and you know, I came across something. I think it was like classic rock or something, but. Uh, yeah, and then I was like, oh, wow, you know, and it was my, my, my head kind of exploded. And I was like, oh, there's, like, there's a lot of, a lot of tunes out there that I just need to dig into. And um, so that was my first experience. But I swear, the only thing my, my parents ever listened to was the, the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> and which, you know, I can't complain, but it was it was only during long car rides um you know not around the house at all it was just like to keep us shut up or something but um yeah that was the extent of it you know like and and you know not the good beatles it was it's it is the uh you know before they got all experimental and drugged up beatles it was the it was I, the love songs yeah i want to hold your hand not behind the walls. <laughs> yeah, all that, yeah yeah <laughs> all that stuff um, so yeah, strange, strange upbringing for sure. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and then I jumped right from that. I think, um, right into the punk scene, um, was my first kind of like exploration into, into music on my own. Um, yeah. So in high school, just punk bands and, uh, angry punk music. It was great. And, uh, you know, I still listen to that stuff today. So. And when did you start playing in bands, and how would you describe the music you were playing with those early groups? And what bands were you listening to um, with the members in those bands? Um, you know, I was bands like uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but like uh, a Global Threat and like the Casualties, um, the Unseen uh, bands like I think uh, you must know like Rancid. Oh, of course. Stuff like that. Operation Ivy and, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, that's what kind of like, that's what I was kind of into. And then, um, and then I kind of discovered like bands like, um, like early against me and, um, and then like had a, had a mild obsession with Tom Waits there and uh, spent some time in the woods yelling at trees and, and then figured out like, you know, I could, I could, I could sing perhaps instead of just, you know, scream into a microphone. Um, and then that kind of like, kind of bridged, bridged the gap from punk music into, into songwriting and, and, uh, you know, more lyrical based and, and learning to sing and be expressive with my voice other than just yelling. Um, but yeah, so my first band I was in was, uh, Actually, I can't remember which one was first. I think it was uh, Single Finger Salute was the first punk band I was in. Great name. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we nailed it with the name. <laughs> Maybe it might be the only thing we nailed it on. But, uh, yeah, when I, I remember sitting around skateboarding, and we thought about it, and we're like, you know what? Let's start a band. And no, none of us pl pl played anything. And then I remember just being like, I want to play guitar. So I'm going to play guitar. And, uh, I think we just wanted to be in a punk band, you know. We just liked punk music and none of us played anything. So we wanted to do that. So we so we picked it up and got some secondhand gear and, uh, you know, just went at it with power chords and, 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 and yelling. 
and it was great. It was, a, it was the best time. Um, and then uh, another punk band I was in, Garden City Riot. And, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting thing because, you know, in St. Catharines, Ontario, the, you know, there wasn't much of a, of a scene at all for, for really any type of music, um, let alone the uh, punk scene. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see a scene being formed in, in our small little city, you know. And uh, I think around, I don't know, a couple years into being in the band, I think that's when um, emo started to become uh, pretty popular. And, um, you know, uh, Dallas Green and Alexis on Fire, uh, he's actually from St. Catharines, Ontario as well. Um, so they were coming up and getting really popular and uh <laughs> and so there's this like punk versus emo kind of rivalry going on in the city and you know we'd have a show they'd have a show and and you know there's this one time uh we we had the bigger venue and they they had sold out their their place and we hadn't um because like you know they're pretty damn popular at the time and so they, they wrote us and they wanted to switch venues and and uh, it was great because we, we got to say no. And uh, <laughs> one of my my lead singer at the time, he was such a such a crazy nut. Uh, but yeah, so before the show, he had it in his head. He wanted to go to that show. So we drove from our show to that show, which was actually in like a neighboring city. And he got out of the truck and and just went up and down the lineup outside of the show trying to fight like everybody you know he was just off his rocker right i love the guy um he, he's he's passed away now actually he was he was one of my best friends um but um yeah just a crazy guy so but you know we we loved that uh we loved that conflict you know uh, something about it you know we were just we're just looking for the uh, <laughs> the edge of reality, you know, the limits to push. And, uh, yeah, so that was that. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, kind of, I don't know, punk music for me had a, had a cap on it. You know, it had a limit, and I, I kind of got there pretty quickly and, and uh, needed more. So I, uh, I bounced out of the town and hit the road and, you know, grabbed my acoustic and went exploring and... Uh, Landed in Alberta at one point, I think, and yeah, that's when I started yelling at trees and figuring out how to how to actually sing and you know write songs and yeah, yeah. And how did you eventually wind up in BC? I understand you've uh, been living here for about a decade now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a while actually. Um, I I think uh, yeah, ten years maybe even eleven. I don't know ten around that time, but um. Yeah, so I was I was in Alberta um, working at the Delta Lodge in Kananaskis, and uh, my girlfriend at the time had moved out to be with me there, and uh, and then she got a job in Vancouver, um, bounced over here, and then a little while after I followed her over, and yeah, we were together like I don't know, maybe a year or two into that, and then we split. Maybe it was more, I don't know, man, memories, you know, kind of foggy. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so it was a girl. It was a girl that brought me here. <laughs> and then uh, and then I stayed. And, you know, oddly enough, it was a, it was a girl that brought me to uh, Gabriola as well. 
I just I just follow follow women around, I guess, you know. <laughs> there seems to be a theme. Yeah. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. You might wind up in the Yukon. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't know. Depending on who I meet next, I don't know where I'm going to end up. But, you know, I'm grateful for it because you know, it brought me where I am at right now, and I'm happy to be where I'm at. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You've played in a few different acts in Vancouver, most notably the folk group Devil in the Woodshack. How did you make the transition uh, to writing and performing your own material? Mm. Um, well, like even even in the punk days, like I was I was writing most of the songs. Um, it just kind of came naturally to me. But um, I don't know, you know, when you're when you're young and like 18, 19, 20, it's odd what you're writing about because, you know, I was thinking about this earlier actually. And when you're that young, you're not really, you're not really observing yourself as much as you are the world. Um, Because, well, at at 18, 19, you think you're fucking perfect, right? You think, you know, there's, there's nothing to really uh, work on. You know, you know, everything you're, you're, you're an arrogant little shit. So, you're singing about the the world and the problems in the world and and uh, more like political stuff, right? Um, but then I guess I I kind of grew up and and started self-analyzing and and digging into the the internal politics uh, of the heart and soul, and um, and then just started writing more about that and and really digging into that. Um, so I guess you know I guess maturity was the transition or. <laughs> Um, just a just an age thing, but uh, or you know maybe maybe mental health, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So that, that kind of shifted my my uh, my train of thought in in songwriting. Um, but then you know I really gravitated towards actually um, uh, being a singer, and I loved it, and I loved how it made me feel, and so that that kind of changed the songwriting as well. And you found that more reflective lyricism and songwriting was more fitting with folk music than with punk. I'm just curious about that uh, based off my own listening habits and the uh, mm-hmm. punk bands I listen to mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. I, I find a lot of it is just, I'm really angry about this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. And, and that's why I think it's more of like an outward reflection than an inward reflection at that age, maybe. Um, but you know, it's kind of come full circle a bit in the way of like getting back into reflecting on what's happening in the world now. Um, and, and, and gearing my writing a a bit towards that. But, um, yeah, you know, a lot of punk music is very political and, um, just based on what's happening in the world around you. But, um, yeah, that kind of got boring for me and I, I just started exploring, um, what's inside and writing about that and you know maybe um again maybe i just realizing like you know my own uh mental health issues and and things like that uh just exploring uh what's going on in my own brain and my own heart and figuring that out through song you know uh, <laughs> just uh basically going to therapy with my guitar you know that's 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 what songwriting is for me now i guess and uh, I think, I think it's it's just a really good way to relate with people and 
and to connect on on certain inner turmoil that we all kind of struggle with here and there you know so uh yeah yeah it, it feels better to write about i don't know the politics of the heart instead of the politics of the world um but you know both important um it's just where i'm at now in some respects kind of easier to do and certainly a lot more relatable who are yeah yeah who are some of your favorite songwriters and what is your approach to crafting your material hmm yeah good question i don't the favorite songwriters um you know one of the consistent uh songwriters i've been i've been obsessed with uh, i haven't really dug into him lately but uh, uh tallest man on earth Oh yeah. Um, he, he's yeah, great. He, oh yeah, it, it, he's incredible. He actually, he actually kind of inspired me to realize that you know you could um, be alone with your instrument and uh, and and play music on your own and still fulfill uh, a certain craving and and uh, and fill a room with it too. You know, um, it's daunting a little bit to to stand on a stage alone. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times you, you find yourself leaning on your band a lot and when you're alone, it's, it's kind of scary. So yeah, he was, he was a, a good push for that to realize that I can do that. And, um, and I think my songwriting really, really reflected that. And, uh, yeah, he, he's just great. But, um, I don't know, lately I've, I've been really kind of all over the map. I, I went through a, a really big soul phase. So I was really into like uh, Charles Bradley and the Black Pumas and Leaf Fields and uh, Michael Kiwanaku, um, uh, the Monophonics and uh, Kelly Finnegan. Um, yeah, this this last record actually, I was at a show at the rickshaw and I saw Kelly Finnegan there, and it was it was a it was definitely a shifting moment in my world um, just seeing that. And seeing that vibe and that 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 style of music and everything, so that that's been really on my mind. And then and then when I went into the record uh, studio to to track this last uh, record, Bad Way, um, that was very much present in the forefront of my head. And and yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I've been I've been writing uh, sad acoustic songs for a while now, and and I kind of wanted to take that and make it um, make it make it a bigger sound and, and something, something that you can feel happy listening to, but also, also reveal those demons and, and express the, you know, the inner turmoil that you're going through at the same time as, as having people dance and feel good, you know? And, and I went through a really hard time, uh, a really bad breakup and, and things were just kind of shifting in my life. So I really needed something to feel good, you know? And, and uh, I wanted to make music that made me feel good and, and made others feel good, but at the same time addressing these issues uh, that I was going through. Um, yeah, so that, that, that brings me till now, where um, I got, a, I got a, a group in Vancouver and i um, really stoked on getting back into the studio and when COVID kicks the bucket, you know, hopefully. <laughs> Backing up a little bit, what was it about that Kelly Finnegan show that really struck you? You know, I, I don't, I don't really know, but it was like a religious experience. Um, 
I, I've never heard of the guy. I think he was. I think he plays with um, Charles Bradley's old band, actually, the Manhattan Street Band. Uh, I I'm pretty sure, anyways. But but either way, um, yeah, I hadn't heard him before, and I don't know. You know those those experiences that shows when when everything just shifts in your world and you're not sure what's happening, but you know, it, it's, you're just fully absorbing it through every pore of your body. And, uh, yeah, it just, something, something just changed. And, uh, it kind of inspired me to, for a new, new route to take, you know, but, um, Kelly Finnegan, like if, if you, if you haven't dug into his stuff, uh, please do. Or, or the monophonics. Um, he's the singer for that band as well. But, um, yeah, just just pure pure soul, and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing, and I, I kind of saw it and realized like I could be doing that with the songs I have now, um, and and just and and reaching a wider audience, but but making making the sound less depressing, <laughs> you know, like there's a there's a certain demographic for. Um, you know, singer songwriters uh, sitting sitting in on your own, you know, strumming away. But I kind of wanted to get out of that and uh, get back to being in a band. And uh, yeah, it was just a very inspiring show. It, it kind of catapulted me into to where I'm at now, which I'm really excited to be at. And uh, the album Bad Way that I just uh, cut, um, it's definitely I don't know the happiest I've been about any any music that I've that I've made so far so yeah yeah definitely oh one to kelly finnegan uh props to that guy shout out to kelly finnegan please what, yeah, yeah yeah what would you say makes the music you've been working on as a solo artist stand out from the music you've made with past projects like you know the the punk bands that you were in as a teenager in your early 20s to even the folk groups you've been involved in vancouver like devil in the woodjack Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I guess just a different level of maturity, you know, um, less, less singing about, uh, uh, drinking and partying to, to just more focused on, um, you know, real life things and, uh, real emotions and, and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure, you know, it's, it's just the uh, the the ever turning wheel of of being an artist. You know, you just gotta kind of follow it and 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 be true to what you're feeling. You know, like I don't really understand how people stay in one spot and 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 write the same kind of music over and over. Because to me, I get I get kind of stagnant with it. Um, I don't know what the the real defining point is. It it is that that changed it all. Um, I think when I first started playing solo and I left uh, Devil in the Woodshack, that was, well, my ex was in that band. Um, and we we split up. And that one was way very to, difficult. Yeah. I was going to say that's one yeah, way for a band to, band to end. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I have any advice, and, you know, it was given to me many times, I just ignored it. But, um, yeah, don't sleep with your bandmates. It's uh, it's nothing but trouble, you know. Damn mates and coworkers. Um, yeah, well, yeah, coworkers is fine. <laughs> you can always like, you, you know, you can always quit and find another job. But I mean, Man, I yeah, some bands are thrive on just uh, hooking up together. 
Um, and that's kind of yeah. what the band's about. <laughs> I, I mean, I lean, I lean back on Rumors, uh, an album about everyone breaking up with one another, but the band still being together, and them yeah. writing the most angsty, bitter love songs about one another and it being their one of the most successful albums ever yeah oh they are but they kicked lindsey buckingham out so are they (laughs) yeah no there's definitely the upside to it i mean like it definitely fueled a lot of songs and um yeah like i i think i thrive in the chaos of it all you know and the and the heartbreak you know it's definitely inspiring (laughs) But I, I can tell you one thing: the rest of the band did not appreciate it. Um, you no know, kidding. when you're getting in a when you're getting in a fight on stage, like halfway through a show, it you know it's kind of cringy. But, but I mean, the the crowd loves it because you just play it up, and you know you you know you you kind of hate each other at the moment. But I don't know. Yeah, me me and that girl, we we had a long history. Uh, we we got together in the band, and uh, you know it definitely helped and and didn't help. But um, even after that, we we were in um, a duo project together, and you know, funny enough, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And uh, so looking back, like all the songs that we wrote together um, were basically spelling out our demise. You know, like we were we were writing about each other without intentionally doing so and writing about like the issues we were going through without knowing it and actually singing the song together like hey i wrote this song check it out it's sweet it's awesome let's play it not realizing it's about me you know or like not realizing it's about her and uh yeah it's a funny thing um but you know it's it's beautiful because uh again like i just i just love the chaos i uh it's 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 wonderful and you learn so much about yourself and, um, you know, yeah, yeah. But at the time, if we really looked at it, we could analyze those songs a little deeper and realize, you know, like, mm, this is trouble. This is trouble. <laughs> we got some issues here. <laughs> that reminds me of a Hard Times article titled Female Bassist Just Realized Mid-Song That the Breakup Song Is About Her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's all we wrote. We break up songs, and and we we're still together, you know. And didn't realize the whole time we've been breaking up with each other. <laughs> you got some good but music you, out of it. I I guess that's something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And music is always like that, you know. Sometimes I yeah, I write a song that I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, or what it's about, or what it's for. Or, you know, I, it, it's it's from inside, but I'm not too sure. And then sometimes it's like a year later, you realize it, it's almost like you're you're foretelling your own future in a way, you know. And these these songs come out, and then a year later you'll realize, like, oh yeah, I knew, I knew this was coming. I knew, you know, what I was going through, and this is this explains it. But you can't really see it when it's right in front of you, and when you're writing the song about it. Um, so music is a great um, I don't know, dog year on the book of time, you know, uh, you just, it marks a spot and, and you get to look back and realize what you were going through during that time. And, you know, if, if anything, it's just a, it's just a great journal to keep. 
um, yeah, you can always look back and realize the struggles you were going through and what you were, uh, who you were at the time. And yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. You know, it's funny you say that. I hear that from a lot of artists that they feel like their music tells their future. And I agree yeah. too when I wrote, when I write music. And I think it's because music says what you feel and what you really mean. Whereas when you talk and you think and you live your life, you, you're kind of bending your reality to fit everyone else. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're saying things yeah. that your girlfriend still loves you instead of mm. being like, this is how I really feel, which I just sang about. Yeah. In a year I'll accept that and I'll understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. M- music is like the great truth teller, you know, yeah. I, I think uh, in conversation and in our lives, we try to fabricate, the, our our ideal reality but music just tells it how it is and it's it's uh it's very real and like if you if you're lying in a song i don't know i don't know what you're doing like why would you write that song right like i don't know it just seems like a very honest outlet um any any sort of art aspect in the world that we have today i, I think is the most truth-telling thing we could do um but yeah, and I, I think which is why it makes it so important and so crucial to our to our culture and society and and the you know the human race, um, just so we can actually analyze and realize where we're at in the world, and that's why art is so important. Because uh, you know you learn more. Well, sometimes you learn more by listening to a song than you than you do in a in, in a million conversations with uh, very intelligent people. You know, like um, all it takes is just kind of looking back and, and realizing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I now know what I was saying. <laughs> Your upcoming EP, titled Bad Way, features a full band called, fittingly enough, the Joshua Wood Orchestra. Who makes up your, <laughs> your backing band, and how did you assemble the orchestra? Um, well, it was um, it, it really kind of happened on the fly. Um like like I said, I, I I went to that Kelly Finnegan concert and instantly just the ball started rolling, right? Um, so I, I started talking to some people, tracking down a, a producer and a studio to go to. And um, a couple of my good friends, uh, um, Bruce from uh, Sunday Morning and um, and uh, Artie Kane, he's, uh, he's a pretty well-known photographer in Vancouver, uh, videographer as well. Um, but yeah, they, they had recommended um, that I go see Felix, Felix Fung at um, Little Red Sounds. And uh, yeah, so I just popped in, check out the place and talk. And we, we kind of kicked it off right away and got along. And uh, the vibe was right. And to be honest, I think that I, I owe it all to a, to a Magic 8-Ball. There was this, um, there was a, you know, those, you know, you shake them. You ask them a question, you shake them, and they yeah, tell you the, like with a blue uh, triangle in the in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember asking it, you know, am I am I gonna cut a record here? And um, I forget what the uh, definitely yes or like um, positively yes or I forget what it said, but it was a yes. So, you know, I trusted the eight ball and went with it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting because Felix actually arranged the team. Um, so you got Kyle Schick and uh, Max Sample, and um, they they actually uh, work at the studio with them as well. Um, so Kyle was playing guitar, some piano, 
Uh, Max was uh, bass and some piano and hell, I think he even played the triangle on one of it. Uh, Felix Fung was was playing guitar as well and um, and and recording it live off the floor. And then we got a uh, Jaden, Jaden Bunny. Um, uh, from he was in Wrecked Beach at the time. Um, uh, I think he uh, he just does a. I don't know. He's a hip hop artist, but he he's a phenomenal drummer. So uh, and then um, and then Blake from uh, Wrecked Beach showed up, and then uh, I don't know. There's this mysterious guy that just popped on out of nowhere on a song playing the congas. I still don't know where he came from or who brought him. I was literally standing there singing the song and he was there. And then after he was gone, very mysterious. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I forget his name, but he'll be credited in the album. Um, <laughs> As mysterious conga man or <laughs> conga? Yeah, somebody knows him. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was Maybe very Felix is just gaslighting you and just like, oh, I have no idea who he is. Who could it be? <laughs> Felix is a funny guy, man. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. But um, yeah, so it, basically we just we just talked about it. I played him some songs on on an acoustic guitar, um, just to see if he was into the vibe. He was down, and um, basically I met the players uh, the day that we started cutting the record. Um, so we just kind of showed up. Everybody everybody else showed up. Um, and, and the process was really interesting, you know, is is definitely the most organic experience in cutting a record that I've ever done. Um, and definitely the formula that I'll be I'll most likely be sticking with. Um, so, so basically I'd sit down, show them a song on the acoustic. We'd all kind of sit in a circle I'd play the song. Everyone would grab their instruments and just noodle away and, and mess around with it until until we kind of had something, you know, that we, we wrote the hooks on the fly. Well, they, they wrote the hooks on the fly. Um, and we would just kind of craft the song just on the go. Uh, so, and then when we, when we were there and we felt it was good, that, which was like, I don't know, maybe an hour, um, we, we'd get in our, our positions and uh, hit the little red button and, uh, and cut it. So we cut, all the instruments, well, except for the, you know, the added on instruments after, um, but we cut the vocals and the instruments and everything live off the floor right there. And uh, it was, it was, it was a wild experience, you know, cause I just, just taking an acoustic song and making it a full band sound and, uh, and you know, changing the vibe and the rhythm and the, and, and the melodies and just, you know, completely rewriting and recrafting and reforming the songs on the go it was beautiful you know it was so real and raw and and uh yeah it was very inspiring so we we cut the five songs in in three days over the weekend i just slept at the studio on the couch and uh, every day from like noon to 3 a.m we would just kind of break out a new song sit down i'd show them it fuck around with it then we'd uh, get in the booths and uh, just cut it. So yeah, it was it was really cool and uh, you know much respect for uh, to to Felix uh, for kind of kind of captaining that ship. You know he he got the players in. He kind of organized it all and kept everyone 
kept everyone on the game and um yeah yeah so really grateful for that that whole experience and you know just for for um my friends kind of pushing me in that direction to 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 go to that studio and and find them because it was definitely the right fit for me and uh, definitely what i needed so yeah and we're working right now on on kind of getting together and and doing a doing a different sort of um album release you know because shows these days aren't really a thing um for for the most part um yeah so so hopefully we'll be back in the studio again soon and um yeah working on that yeah i was gonna say because we referenced it uh a little bit but felix fung obviously played on the record and helped produce it and he's not a stranger to the show he's worked with a number of past guests on the program including ponytails tanglers psychic alliance we also had him on the show for our episode on sunday morning which wound up being the yep. last show at the rickshaw yep yep <laughs> for the for the next little while yeah what yeah. um well i think oh, oh sorry, sorry what, what was you saying? no what were you gonna say um i think they're doing um like some live streams from from the rickshaw which i think is really cool yeah i know rec uh -huh. beach did one yeah yeah i saw that and um really really cool and um I'm, I'm really glad that they're able to do that um unfortunately it's it's not going to pay their bills um so you know i uh, i've been talking to uh to mo uh from the rickshaw actually and uh yeah he's i'm just trying to you know figure out what i can do to to help you know our, our local venues um keep afloat and everything and to be honest like there's no, there's no real money amount that I could really bring in that's going to do any, any major uh, difference to that. Um, so he's, he's kind of telling me there, um, there isn't actually a fundraising program, a formal fundraising program for independent venues right now. Um, so they're right now, all the venue leaders and local venue leaders are all putting their energies into lobbying the federal government. Uh, to make sure they have substantive uh, relief funding for, for the venues. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, but I think the more awareness we can bring to that and, um, you know, let people know that, you know, we are at risk of losing a major part of our, our culture. You know, I think they're looking at like 90% of the, the music venues, uh, independent music venues uh, shutting down in Canada. And I can't even imagine that world, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens. Sorry, I, I trailed off. I, I forget what you even asked me, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Felix Fung, great guy. Yes, great guy. <laughs> no, I was just more uh, kind of elaborating on, you know, because we had referenced Felix, and I just wanted to provide more context for the leader for the for our listeners. And I was also going to say, oh yeah, uh, with one of our previous episodes, we've actually had Mo on the show recently, and we were actually talking exactly yeah. about that about what the current mm -hmm. situation is and what people can do to help, even though, yeah, there isn't, it's one of those challenging things where there's only so much that can be done because it's one of those cases where the, you know, the, the greatest amount of funding that can be provided would be from the government. And oh, yeah. the challenge yeah. is how finite that is. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think Mo's, uh, 
he's he, he's doing wonders and he's a great guy you know he's uh he's done a lot for the music scene and like the rickshaw is definitely one of my favorite venues in vancouver um and an, an, an attainable venue for for smaller bands too you know it's it's uh somewhere in the middle ground which which allows you to kind of get on the stage with the with the big boys and but um yeah so so he's he's a guy that i i really respect in the scene that that I, I look forward to working with in the future. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's fighting for it and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think the more awareness we can bring to the subject, um, more people on board with, you know, doing what we can to help out uh, the better. But again, like, you know, a show at the rickshaw, a live streaming show, you know, I don't know, even if a band brings in, two thousand dollars um you know it still costs the venue i don't know probably a lot more than that just to just to have it just to have the stage open for the sound you know you have to pay the sound uh, the lighting the film crew you know everybody and when it comes to that how much money you raise compared to how much money it costs to put on a show you know it's it's not gonna it's not gonna save them um, but it's a beautiful thing that we can still be doing that and, um, that they're doing that. So, you know, keeping people entertained and keeping the music going. Definitely. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, oh, I think, uh, producer Mark actually had a question. One thing I was going to say on that is, uh, as a musician as well, and with the whole venue crash situation we're dealing with, how much do you think, uh, it's a responsibility of musicians to take a step back from making money and support these live music venues. Like I'm, I'm thinking, oh. do we do the next single? All the money you makes goes to that venue. It's like, how much of that burden do you think a musician needs to do to support mm. their scene? Well, you know, it really depends. Um, I think if you're able to, um, yeah, a hundred percent, you should be, but I mean, there are there are artists and bands out there that that make a living off of off of their music, and I know it's you know it's it'd be a hard thing to do to give up a hundred percent royalties to to go to a cause when you know that's paying your bills. Yeah. Um, so there has to be a balance there. Um, for me, you know, um, I've never really um, done music a hundred percent of the time as as you know, as a, as a moneymaker and, and a way to, to earn a living. I think most um, Canadian artists would agree with that statement. It's very yeah, hard. Like, yeah. Really hard to. We all tried. We yeah. all tried our asses off. If you're not, you know, trained out the yin-yang, it's really hard. If you're uh, an artist in Canada, it's either get out of Canada yep. or, or get a, get a job. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm on Gabriola right now. I'm, I'm doing carpentry and building houses, which I, which I love. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really blessed to be able to, to be doing that and, and still working these days too during COVID, you know, I feel pretty lucky about that. But, um, so like for my instance, um, that's, that's what I'm doing with this, this record. Um, like a hundred percent of like for the, on August uh, 14th, um, I'll be, I'll be dropping the, uh, the, the full album, the five songs on Bandcamp. Uh, I'm just going to do it for the three days though. And um, I think that's going to help 
you know, get people to, to actually support it instead of, you know, if you just leave it up there, people get lazy and then, you know, they might buy it later or something, but that three day pocket, hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll funnel the people into buying it at that time. So I can put a hundred percent of that towards, um, something good. Um, so for this, I, I have my focus on, um, the black lives matter movement. Um, I really want to give back and, and donate to the cause right now that's happening, especially because it's, it's fading into people's hindsight way too quickly. Um, you know, it was, it was, um, for a lot of people, it was just a day, you know, to put a black screen on your, on your phone or something. And, and, and that was it. So I, you know, for me, I really want to, I really want to really keep that going and, and give back because I can, you know, and I'm not, I'm not surviving off the music. I, it's never been about the money for me. Um, so that's that's one of my main focuses as well as um as uh, the local venues um so whatever whatever's raised um i'm gonna put towards the black lives matter and then i'm gonna i'm gonna personally double that and then um give that half to um any any organization i can to kind of uh, help our help our local scene out um so yeah in my case i'm giving 100 percent um of of the earnings um to those two causes um but you know i'm also very privileged to be able to do so and i recognize that and uh i think that's important too you know i, I wouldn't expect that of everybody no and um you know if you're if it's if it's what put puts food on the table then no i definitely wouldn't um expect expect you to you know be given a hundred percent of your your earnings to something than that because uh you know we all got to eat so uh, it's it, it it's different for everybody but you know i i can only speak for myself and what i can do and what i'm able to do so hopefully i can raise a little bit of money for for something good and you know people buying the record during that time uh you know they can also feel good about it because you know their money's going to 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 more than just you know more than just music so yeah that's, that's that's what I can do, and yeah, respect. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. That's a very tangible way to to give back, and also you know, you're giving something to people that people will enjoy. And that is something that yeah. I've I've noticed has kind of been lost with. As much as I, you know, I obviously I have a Spotify account, and I take advantage of of streaming that is something that has been kind of lost that with the exception of buying a, a physical vinyl record when you're mm -hmm. at a touring band show the the dollar value of the individual release has kind of been kind of evaporated a little bit so i guess any way mm -hmm. that yeah. any, any way that you can reclaim that i think it, uh, it is a good thing yeah yeah that's that's kind of why i went with um the, the Bandcamp platform for it. Um, like, Spotify's great and everything, but, um, yeah, like, you know, you're not going to see much money from that. And, uh, you know, Bandcamp is still sticking to the, uh, to, the good, to the good format of, you know, paying for your music. And uh, so in that regard, I can at least, you know, take, take what's raised from it, actually see a dollar amount, and then match that and, and be able to give it and pass it on. Um, yeah, so that's why I want to keep it off of, you know, um, Spotify and all those free streamers uh, just for just for the time being, at least, um, just to be able to actually raise money. 
But um, yeah, what a what a strange strange world we're in. You know, where like music is essential to to grease the gears of our world. Yet, you know, nobody wants to pay for that oil. You know, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to pay for it at all. But it's such a strange thing because we all need it. And you know, I think I think one one uh, positive thing out of this time maybe um with the lack of shows and you know and the the crashing of our um of our of our local scene um it's it's kind of it's kind of enforcing that and making hopefully making people realize um the essential service that that music and live shows uh gives you know because uh, everyone's going a little loopy and you know that's all i hear is everyone wants to get to a live show i need to play i need to or i need to go to a show i need to you know and it's it's really cool to see because I think I think people are actually more supportive now than ever before and hopefully this is kind of a thing that'll stick. And um That's certainly know, my we'll hope. Get... Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's a silver lining hopefully and, and maybe a positive uh, spin on, on this whole thing is what we can do. And um yeah, hopefully we come out the other side of this with a little more appreciation for what the artists are doing for everybody and and what music does for everybody and you know try going try going a day through your day without you know flipping on the radio or plugging in your spotify and listening to your playlist and you know it's a very drab world without without music in it so um hopefully hopefully this will make a change for the better yep i hope so certainly hope so as well mm. you've released two singles from the EP so far, the title track Bad Way and Surrender. Um, can fans mm-hmm. expect a similar vibe on the remaining songs uh, on the EP, or are there some surprises in store? Hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a, it's definitely an oddball in the mix there. Um, there's, there is a similar vein uh, throughout the throughout the album, though, because, like, like I said, we cut it in three days over a weekend, so um, there's, uh, you know kind of a pattern of emotions and, and feelings going on there. Um, so, you know, you can definitely expect uh, similarity uh, to the rest of the record. It's got the same vibes. But, um, yeah, there's there's definitely one track on there. Uh, shit got weird, you know. Uh, <laughs> we were at the end of all our ropes. Um, it was like I was about to go on tour to Indonesia while well, New York, Indonesia, and Taiwan – and all over and then landed in Ontario. So I had a, a small pocket of time to cut these tracks. And um, it was basically that weekend had to be done, right? So I wanted those five songs. And uh, I think it was, must've been Sunday, Sunday night or Sunday, Monday morning. It was about like 3 a.m. And <laughs> we had one more song to cut and we were done, you know, it just, you know, just cutting a record all weekend long, uh, drinking and smoking and not sleeping much. And by the end of it, I think Jaden, our drummer, he had passed out on the couch. Um, couldn't wake him up. So well, we had to cut this song. So um, who was it that got on drums? I think Kyle. Yeah, I think it was Kyle Schick. Um, so we're like, well, um, all right, Kyle, get on the drums. And everybody just kind of repositioned. Uh, Jaden slept on the couch and then and then we we went at this song 
and it definitely uh, shows its color of the nature of like how we were recording it and the, and the state we were all in, you know, um, it's definitely, but you know, it actually turns out to be one of my favorite tracks on the album, but it's, uh, yeah, it definitely took a different turn. Um, and that's what happens when you cut a song at three in the morning, you know? <laughs> and uh, which song is that, I guess, for when listeners get a chance to listen to the EP or are you keeping that under wraps? Oh, that's okay. Uh, it's it's called Wrong Side. Yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely, you know, like I've played it before um, uh, with some friends as well. And and this is, uh, I definitely didn't see this coming, you know, how it turned out. It's, it's got a, an entirely different vibe than, than how it was written, which is partly why I love this record. You know, I was, I was able to kind of surrender, which... Oddly enough, like the song "Surrender" is very that that word is 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 kind of overlapping in this album. Um, but it was one of the first times I was really really able to surrender my own songs to a group of people and take my hands off and and allow them all to uh, to put their hands on it and 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 craft it, which was turned out to be a beautiful thing. You know, um, before before this. I definitely had a little more of a, I don't know, possession over my songs, um, unable to kind of allow others in as much, um, which is definitely limiting now that I'm looking back at it. You know, it's 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 wonderful to let people in on in in your little little dark cave in your mind where these weird songs come from. Um, yeah, so that was a big change for me. But um, yeah, it was it was a wonderful thing to to surrender it to the to these guys and uh, and to let it all happen. So you've already mentioned that the EP is going to come out on August fourteenth, and you're going to have it on Bandcamp for a couple of days so that you can raise some money to some great causes. In mm-hmm. place yeah. of a live show, what do you have planned with the band to celebrate celebrate the release of the EP? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I should say or not, but <laughs> we have we have some ideas. Um, basically, we kind of want to um, we kind of want to go back in the studio with a video crew, and um, and and record and uh, videotape the all five songs live at the studio. Um, with with a little more to it, you know, like uh, kind of documentary style, showing about what's happening at the studio, what what Little Red Sounds is about, and um, and yeah, give a little uh, insight into behind the scenes and what you know what's going on in that world. Um, but then, kind of, uh, we're hoping to release that as um, as kind of uh, as an album release. Uh, my idea, I don't know, you know, this is this is still all in the works, but I'd love to to cut it and um, make basically like a short, short film, uh, like half hour film, that kind of thing with all the songs in it and, um, and uh, air it. Uh, my ideal place would be the real theater. That'd be great. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to think outside. So. What's that? I mean, they're open, so they've been, they've been <laughs> yeah, they reopened yeah. in July. So. Hell yeah. Right on. Um, yeah, because you know, I'm trying to think outside the box of like how to do an album release um, without, you know, without the awkwardness of, you know, everyone 
I don't know, standing six feet apart and, you know, having minimal people at the show. Um, I think, I think this way we can do it in a safe way. Um, and we can also, you know, showcase the whole album and it would basically be like going to a show. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we're thinking right now, just to, just to do a, like a 30 minute video of the whole album, cutting it live off the floor again and, and shooting it and, and showing it at a, at a place like the Rio. And, um, I was actually talking to Mo a little bit about this. I'd love to, as part of that, um, because, you know, part of my agenda for this is to raise awareness towards, uh, the, what's happening with our local venues and, and the, the struggle we're all going through with that. Um, at the show, I'm, I'm planning on doing like a Q and a kind of thing. So I want to invite all the, uh, the venue leaders and, uh, like Mo and, uh, you know, Lana from Lana Luz and all these awesome, awesome little hidden pockets in the city that, that I've come to love and that have supported me this entire time being here and invite them and, you know, have a little uh, chat at the end of it and, and have people ask questions and just bring more awareness to, to that whole topic. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of putting the pieces together for it right now. Um, we'll see how that ends up. But um, that's that's the idea. Yeah. That's really cool, and I also I am of the same mind where it comes to not to knock anyone doing live streaming, but if you can figure out something that you can record that's available for posterity, I, I kind of feel that it'll have a more lasting impact, especially if you're doing something with mm-hmm. Well Red Sounds itself, because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Felix has worked with tons of really awesome Vancouver bands, so even just being able yeah. to have the opportunity to highlight uh, his studio and what is what he's doing, I think would yeah, be great. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Are there? Yeah, and like, not to sorry to sorry to cut you off there. Um, not to like again, not to put down the live streaming. You know, like I think um, I think that was that was awesome for a time. You know, people people really dug into that. Um, for me personally, um, I get bored as hell. And just to be honest, I, 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 you know, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to really sit and like, I, and you know, it's also, I don't really have the technology where I'm at to, to be able to stream in, in good quality, you know? So I think that's the I'm biggest challenge that a lot of artists are facing is that streaming and really good quality, even if you have good camera equipment. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. Like a, a live streamed album release show. Um, personally so yeah i wanted to do something with like you said like a little more longevity to it and more um just just better quality and something that can actually like be be really enjoyed while also giving some insight to uh to what's happening at the studio and and all the players on it and you know um i think i think it'll be really cool i just need to put it into action see uh, see how it goes you know <laughs> definitely what um, local yeah. bands or artists would you recommend we bring on the show for a future episode? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I was actually just uh, digging into, you know, Pierce Canyon. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Has he been on the show? Yeah, we had we had him on the show once when the pretties were still a band. And then we had him on the show again with the Pierce Kingans. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll probably have him on again in some capacity. 
Yeah, that guy cracks me up. Um, <laughs> and I, I love his music, too. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. You've probably had. I was just listening to uh, Chelsea and Lola's uh, oh, Also yeah. Rebels. The archive episode we just put out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, dug into that. Those cats are hilarious. <laughs> that was the first time I ever met. Uh, I ever met both of them, actually. It was funny. Oh, really? I, I I've never mentioned this story on the show, but originally I had because there's obviously questions I pre prepare pre prepare for the interviews that we do. And originally mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it's just going to be Chelsea. And then the day of, my producer's like, no, actually, Chelsea's got a band and Lola's going to be there. So I'm like, okay, last minute I had to like re <laughs> reassemble my script. But it was good, though. Um, and we've yeah. had Old Soul, Old Soul Rebel on the show again and probably multiple times <laughs> in the future as well because they're just killing it. Yeah, no, they're, they really are. And, you know, uh, I, I know, I know Chelsea – uh, personally, but and Lola, but um, I know Chelsea a little more, and and just just knowing her and her tenacity with it, and you know her drive and uh, the love of music she has, you know, and how much time she's put into it, she, you know, that that band fully deserves it, and it's it's always a a good feeling when um, when somebody who deserves something gets it, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, they're they're doing great, so it's 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 quite inspiring to see. Yeah. Anyone else you'd recommend? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um I mean believe it or not we haven't had everybody on the show. You probably have. <laughs> I know we haven't, but that's just because there's certain bands that I'm chasing after and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. It's like, "All oh, right, you've got a new album. Come on my show. Come on publicist, respond to my email." <laughs> Right. Not gonna name have you had, um, em- have you had Emily Malloy on the show? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had okay. Emily Thanks. on in January when things were normal. Woo. Oh, right, right. Yeah, normal. What's what's normal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Off the top of my head, and I'm drawing a blank right now. But you know, there's 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 really so much so much talent in Vancouver. Uh, I feel silly not being able to mention somebody right now but yeah don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) josh this has been a lot of fun um how can listeners check out your music and keep out keep up with everything you're up to um you know the usual stuff um i don't really get on facebook that much to be honest that platform stresses me out um but you can find my music there um but instagram and spotify and apple music and you know all the all the streaming platforms. It's out there. Um, I do like I do like the uh, how Spotify works, um, but again, you know, they're all they're all the same. Um, yeah, yeah. Any of those, hit me up on uh, Instagram, uh, Joshua Wood Music. Um, yeah, and Spotify and all those platforms. Just look for Joshua Wood. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh. And. Um, and uh, I should I should mention the Bandcamp too because that's where the album's going to be dropping for those three days. Um, yeah, so I think it's Bandcamp Joshua with Music. Yeah, yeah. And uh, August fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth, the three days to uh, to grab the album and support a good cause. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Josh. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio. Our YouTube is Pacific Sound Media. Our website is PacificSoundRadio.com. And you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, there are a few different ways you can support it. You can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. You can also share this podcast on your social media, and you can recommend the show in person from a safe social distance to your friends, family, and coworkers. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.